Elton Trueblood once said that the greatest weakness of the church in our day and time is the fact that over 90% of the people who call themselves Christians choose not to attend, choose not to participate, not to have anything to do with the church. And, and even worse than that is the reality that it doesn't bother them, that they don't think it's necessary or important to be a part of that time. When you think about it, he, he went on to say, if we think about that, if we were to send a military army into battle with 90% of the people involved, completely untrained, unprepared, not at all knowing what they're doing or what's expected of them, we wouldn't expect to win the battle. And so we need to understand that one of the greatest needs in our churches today is the reality of discipleship, of teaching, of making sure that you and I understand and know the Word of God and what it means and how it applies to our lives and the things that are going on. The scripture says that we're going to look at it as we get ready to in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20 and in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. We're going to look at some verses that refer to that and then talk about some others. But just to start with, I invite you to stand with me as we hear that. You'll, remember, you'll recognize Matthew 28 as being the great commission that Jesus left with his disciples as he ascended to the Father in heaven. And he left these words for them. I'm just going to use the very last verse because of its focus as we look at it this morning. But it says there as we look at the scripture, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the earth. And then again, as we move to 2 Timothy, the first chapter 2 and the first two verses of that chapter, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is given a command. And he says, You therefore, son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust them to these faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we gather together as your people and as we continue to think about what it means to live our lives in such a way that we have an impact upon the world in which we live, that we live prepared, that we live in a manner that's pleasing to you, a manner that honors you, a manner that prepares us for that time in which you will come again and bring us to be with you forever in the kingdom of heaven. And Father, part of that is, is the reality, the understanding of how important it is that we understand, that we teach, that we practice those things that you gave us in your word. You have preserved this word throughout the years, even though many people have tried to destroy it. Many people seek daily to distort it, to talk about its weaknesses. Satan has always fought against it. There's always those who will try to pick and choose that which they want to believe. But, Father, we need to understand that we are called to believe your word. It is the living word of God. It is the very God-breathed word. And we need to understand that and, and allow that word to speak into our hearts, to teach us how we are to live as a people, to give us understanding in the world in which we live. And so I pray this morning, Father, that you just remind us, because there's no one here that doesn't know and believe and understand the importance of the word of God. No one here that would reject the idea that, that we need to understand it and we need to make it the life principle of how we live as we deal with it. But yet, Father, sometimes that gets put in the background. It, it's not quite as important to us. We don't think about the need to just truly study the Word of God and know the Word of God and let that Word guide our lives, our thoughts, and all that we do together. So I pray that you just remind us of those truths and how vital they are in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. You know, as you and I look at the Word of God and think about the Word of God, one of the greatest tasks that we have as a church family is to teach one another the Word of God. To encourage, to disciple one another is the word that is often used. The idea of discipleship is that someone who has encountered the Lord God in their life and experienced Him in their life, in turn, 
allows themselves to take what God is teaching them and, and helping them to know in the growth of their own faith and the way that they live and the life that they're doing and, and to live in, in such a way and to teach it to someone else, as Paul told Timothy, to pass it on, to commit it to someone else. And the word that Paul used for Timothy was not a suggestion. It was not something that, you know, this would be a good principle to think about, but rather it was a Holy Spirit-inspired command. We are commanded to take those things that God has taught us and to teach them to others that they may be able to continue to teach and to grow and to understand what God is about. We're supposed to be doing that. If we were to turn to the book of 1 John, we would see there that John would tell us that the older folks should be teaching the, the, the younger folks and so on down the line, that we should take that which we've been learning, the wisdom of our ages, the, the things that we've learned through life, and share them as we continue to pass the word of God down through the word and through the teaching and through the things that are going on. Jesus said, as we spoke there in the commandment, that you and I are called to take the commission that he gave us, the teachings that he gave us throughout the time that he was on this earth, and that we were to pass those on. We were to give those to people, teaching them to observe. And that's an important part. Not only are we to teach, it's easy to get knowledge. We can look anywhere and get all kinds of knowledge, and most of us have more knowledge than we know what to do with, and a lot of the knowledge that we have isn't worth having. But what we do know is that the knowledge that God wants us to have is not just the sense of knowing something. It's to observe it. That means to obey it. See, to, we can have all the knowledge of the Scripture. You can memorize the Bible and tell me everything the Bible has to say. You can tell me everything in it. Satan can tell you every word that's in here. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't take that word and let it be applied to your life and live it in obedience to what God's saying. Jesus didn't say just go into all the world and tell them what the Bible says. He said, go into the world teaching them those things that I have taught you and teaching them to observe them, to obey them, to live by the principles of them, to take them to heart. That's what he said even in the end of the Sermon on the Mount. You'll remember in chapter 7 of the book of Matthew where he talked about those, those, those people who hear the word of God, who listen to the teachings that I've given to them, and they hear them, and they build their lives upon them. They take them to heart. They obey them. They are like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. So even when the storms of life come, and there's no question that they will come, they do come, and they come steadily. But when they do come, that house continues to stand because of the foundation upon which it's built. But those who hear the word of God and make it their, don't take it hard, don't live by it, don't take its principles to heart, are like those people who are foolish who build their house upon a sand. And when the storms come, as they do, then the storms come, the foundation is washed away and the house crumbles and they are called foolish because they do not take what God says seriously. We are to be a teaching people. We're to help one another. There's, you know, it's the ultimate in pride for any Christian to think they don't need to be in Bible study. To think they don't need to continue to seek to know more about the Word of God and to be a part of what's going on. None of us ever reach a point where we understand everything God wants us to understand. That we know all that we need to know. We're always growing. We're always developing. We're always trying to find the heart of God, our Father, and what that means in our lives and how we live out our lives and be a part of that. We need to study the Bible. A church needs to be known by its teaching and what it does. And what we teach is the Word of God, the Bible. What we teach is not determined by religion. What we teach is not determined by the majority. What we teach is not determined by courts. In legislation, in education, what we teach is not determined by the majority opinion or world opinion or anything else that goes on. What we teach is the word of the living God. And that must be the foundation of everything that you and I teach as a church, 
It's what we need to do in our homes, even as they talked about with this wonderful family this morning. The foundation of that home needs to be the teaching. And the Bible takes it very clear that the home is the center of teaching. That's where it's supposed to start, in the home, among the family. That's where the Bible is supposed to come to life as it's lived out in the family and as a part of it, as it's taught in the things that are going on. And then the church is to come alongside the family and to take those principles that are being taught in the home and teach them, endorse them, emphasize them, and help them to be put into the life of a child so that they understand this isn't just something that's at my house. This is something that's a part of life. It's a part of what's going on. We need to hear and understand. We need to be teachers of the word of God. You and I need to do that and be a part of that in all that we do and understand that we are called, the task of the church is to be a teacher, to teach those things that are going on and being a part of it. We teach Jesus Christ. You remember Paul said, I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the most important thing that we can teach. More important than anything else this world can hear is the knowledge that there is a Savior. His name is Jesus and he's the only way by which we can ever be right with God is through Jesus Christ. People need to know that. We teach Jesus and we use the Bible as the textbook that's there. We allow it to guide us because it is the God-breathed living word of God. It is living and able to cut, the Bible says, even to the asunder of the marrow of the bone. It has power. It has an effectiveness to be able to touch hearts. We read and you've heard many, many people. I don't know if you've had in the past people from Gideon's and other places like that that have given testimonies in your church and talked about the power of the Word of God, how someone has just picked it up somewhere, not being taught, not being preached to, not somebody doing something, but just in the reading of the Word of God, God convicted them and brought them into a saving relationship with Him. The Bible teaches how important it is. Throughout the Old Testament, we see God instructed His people to teach their children to teach them, to teach them, to teach them. As they left the house, they were to be taught. As they came into the house, they were to be taught. They were to be taught the Word of God. Over and over again, there were memorials put up, and they would come. When they come and ask you what this means, teach them the significance of this moment. Teach them the significance of the act of God in this moment. The Passover, teach them what it was when God brought you out of Egypt. All the things that go on, teach, teach, teach. We look in the book of Acts, and that new beginning of the church, we find over and over again that they gathered faithfully, they gathered regularly, and what did they do? They taught the word of God and they prayed. They taught the word of God and they prayed. And we read again and again and again of what God did as a result of that reality, of that foundation that was laid in being a part of it. We are to be a people of the book. We're to be a people who teach one another and challenge one another to learn things that are here, to encourage one another in the things that are a part of what's going on as we help each other and pray for each other and guide each other. See, you and I ought to always be discipling one another. I need to have someone that I'm mentoring, that I'm discipling, someone that I'm trying to pour what God is teaching me into their life. But I need someone who's discipling me, teaching me, growing, helping me to grow, helping me to be what God wants me to be. We each and every one of us need to continually be fed by the Word of God, encouraged by the people of God, and taught how to take that Word and use it in our lives to be the people of God that we've been called to be. That's the simplicity of what God has given us. It's just the simple thing of taking his word and allowing that word to have its effect upon our lives and then to let that effect that it's had in our lives to go beyond us into the life of those around us and to touch their hearts and their lives that they might grow and understand the truth and the principles of what God has for us to see and understand as we look at it and as we know the wonderful things that are part of that and coming. The vitality of the church, if we measure the church's health, if we look at who we are, it can be measured by the teaching ministry of our churches. What are we doing? What are we teaching? I don't know how many times I've had people ask me if they could teach 
some book that someone had written as a, as a study or something like that. Now, there's good authors and there's good books and there's some good truth in some of those books, but when we get away from the fact that we never bring the Word of God into the place and we don't teach the Word of God, we've gotten to a place that we don't need to be. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with some good gospel, good Christian books and good Christian authors, but they're not the foundation we build our lives on. The Bible is. And we need to understand that and keep that in mind as we look at it and keep it. Some people say, well, the, the Bible's irrelevant. It doesn't speak to our day. It's boring. Well, again, that's the height of arrogance for anyone to say that the Bible doesn't have anything to say to them and doesn't speak to them in being a part of what's going on. But it doesn't matter because you and I have been commanded to take God's word and to apply it into our lives and allow it to be used in our lives. And I know that sometimes, unfortunately, some of our teachers, Bible teachers, Sunday school teachers, uh, Bible study group teachers, some of our preachers are boring. I understand that. But that ought never be true. This is the word of God. How can you not be excited about the possibility of teaching it? About God entrusting you with the greatest treasure that lives upon the earth. This book has the power to change every life of every person in the world by the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives and the truth that it teaches. How exciting it is to take this word and, and ask God to let us know what it means and how it implies to our lives and how to get involved in the truth of it and to share that with other people and have that principle of being a part of it. See, when we study this word and when we teach this word and even when we read this word, especially in a public way, we ought to read it as though we believe it. Now, some of us go to sleep when somebody's reading the Bible because it's so boring. It's monotone. They don't care. They, don't, they haven't read it. They're just going through the words. It ought to be a word that is on fire in our hearts because this is God's word. And God has entrusted me with a moment to share this word publicly with someone in reading, to teach this word in some way in which I might be able to be an instrument through whom he's able to give a truth that they need in their lives that could make a difference in their lives. That when I preach this word, I have no right whatsoever not to be on fire for the living God, not to believe that I have been entrusted with something that's beyond my right. I'm not worthy of this. I don't have a right to do this. But God has poured it into my heart and I must give it away as he has given it unto me with a belief that people can understand and see whether they believe it or not, I do. And I do, folks. I believe this is God's holy word. I believe it is full and complete without error. I believe this is the inspired word that God has preserved through the ages. Just as he gave it to those who wrote it, he has preserved it through the ages. And I know there are people today who want to pick and choose what parts of it they want to believe. Pick this out, take that out, do this, do that. Find fault with it in every way. That's what Satan did in the garden. That's what he's been doing ever since, and he does it through people. That's why we have to know the Word and understand the Word and be a part of the Word of God. Jude was wanting to write a letter. If you read the little book of Jude, it just has like about 24 verses or so in it. It's easy to read. And he starts out by greeting the people of, uh, that he's writing to, the Christian people that he's writing to. And he says, well, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to write to you, and I just wanted to rejoice with you in, in our common salvation. I just wanted to celebrate the fact that we're Christians, that we know Jesus Christ, that he's our Savior, that we've had the experience of having our sins forgiven and being born into the kingdom of God, that we're his children and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. I just wanted to celebrate that with you. But God wouldn't let me. God instead told me I had to, to challenge the church to stand firm upon the principles of the word of God. 
Because there are those who will continually come in among you and seek to distort the truth, seek to lead you away, seek to make less of the Word of God than what it really is. And I had to turn from what I wanted to do, and instead I am called by God to challenge you, to commit you, to stand firm in the Word of God. We need to hear that word today because we're being led astray in so many different ways. The truth of the Word of God is imperative for us to know and to live by it ought to affect everything that we are and everything that we do. This teaching ought to affect every relationship that I have. This teaching ought to affect every word that I speak. This teaching ought to affect all the ways that I act. It ought to te- affect how I work and how I live. It ought to affect my home and the home life that I have. It ought to affect everything in life. Because this is God speaking to me. God's saying, I have preserved this so that you can have this, so that you can know what is my heart, so that you can understand what is my expectation, so that you have a way to look at the world and the mess that it's in and look at it and make sense out of it. Because you see me in the midst of it, and you never lose hope because you know that no matter what happens, I'm not out of, it's not out of my control. And I'm not surprised by anything that happens. Nothing takes me off guard. I know what's happening, and I am in control, and I will always be in control. And I need to know and understand that. When I look at, at things, I can see and understand that, that what God is saying is true. It's happening. It's being a part of what's going on around me. I need to trust this Word of God. And how many times the Bible says in, in Romans, people need to hear the Word of God and be saved. They need to have a right relationship with God. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. And the wages of that sin is death. And those without Jesus Christ, regardless of, of what religion they are, regardless of what, if they're church members or not, if they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that has acknowledged their own personal sinfulness and acknowledged that what he did for them was sufficient, acceptable before God the Father, and received that forgiveness of Christ Jesus, accepting him as Lord and Savior, then it doesn't matter how good a person they are, how moral a person they are, how religious a person they are, they are without God. And they need to understand that and, and know that. And the Bible says, well, th- they need to hear that. And so who's going to tell them? Well, no, how are they going to hear if we don't tell them? If we're not going to teach the truth, if we're not going to give the word of God, then how are people going to know what it is that they need to know? We have to make the word of God that which we teach and that which we are a part of, that which we believe in. We have to teach it and, and believe it and, and act like we need to let people know this is something that I believe in. And when I speak about it, and when I teach about it, when I preach about it, when I sing about it, when I pray about it, whatever it may be, I need to do it in such a way that it's obvious I believe it. That it's made a difference in my life. And it's touched me. And it's touched me in such a way that I cannot be silent about it. And I cannot quit teaching about it. And I know that lots of people don't agree with what I say. And lots of people don't accept what I say. That's not my problem. My problem is to teach as God has revealed to me his truth and to teach it as though I believe it exactly true. Because as I've said before, the Bible says it, that makes it so. We live in a day and time when people try to say the Bible says it, I believe it, that makes it so. That's a total lie. The Bible says it, that makes it so, whether I believe it or not. And you and I need to understand that. This is the, this is the foundation. This is the truth. It doesn't matter who the person is that you know. It doesn't matter how educated they are. It doesn't matter what kind of philosophies, what kind of religions, what kind of ways of life they have. None of that matters. If they aren't teaching, preaching, and living by the word of God as God has resented it to us, then you don't need to follow them. And there are a lot of people who are charismatic, a lot of people who are fun to listen to, people who sway and move crowds that are teaching you lies and you're listening to them. If it doesn't measure up with this book, it's wrong, period. Period. 
period. And I don't care who challenges me in that. It doesn't matter because that's not my word. This is God's word. God said that. And I choose to believe God. I choose to believe that he knows what he's saying, doing what he's doing. And so I accept the word of God as being a part of that time. And I, therefore, I need to understand it. I need to learn it. I need to spend time with it. I need to let it speak into my heart. See, a lot of us like to read the Bible so we can say we read the Bible. You know, I don't know what you're used, to, you're used to do. We used to have envelopes that we turned in as our, with our offerings and things in Sunday school or at church. And on those, you could check on there whether you read your daily Bible readings and you did all that kind of stuff. And people would read the Bible, they'd open and read a few verses so they could check it. They didn't care what it said. They weren't interested in God speaking to them. They just wanted to be able to be good little Christians who checked the Bible and said, I read my Bible every day. Well, you can read it every day, and it'll never mean anything to you until you read it with a heart that says, I want to know God. I want to, Father, I want to know what it is. What are you saying to me today in this word? Whether it's one verse, one word, or whether it's a whole chapter, whatever it is, God has something to say to you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know what he's talking about. He wants you to understand the principles that he's given us in life and the things that are there. But the way we get those, the way we understand those, is by spending time with God and his word and letting him speak to us through his word to teach us those things. And there's things in this book I have no clue what they mean. I don't understand everything in here. I'm struggling all the time. What did, what did you mean by that? I, I, I've, just, I've said lately over the last uh, several times lately while I've been going through the book of Revelation with some folks, God, why did you not just open it up and say, this is what I meant? Yeah. I don't understand it all, but I believe it all. And I know that if I will let myself be taught by God, that he'll continue to reveal to me, he'll continue to open my eyes, he'll continue to open my heart, and he'll continue to teach me all the days of my life. Because his book never loses its power. Never loses its significance, its meaning. It's alive. The Bible says grass and flowers will fade away, life itself will fade away, but the Word of God will stand forever. This is what we need to be living our lives by, folks. This is what needs to guide how we live and how we, how we do church. It needs to guide how we do family. It needs to guide how we do our relationships. It needs to guide our, our attitudes at work and, and things with other people as we deal with it. It gives us an understanding, and it needs to be that which grips our heart and gives us a purpose and a reason to live the way God wants us to live. We want to live abundantly. Jesus said, I've come, that you might have life. That's being saved, but not just that, but that you might have it in its abundance, that you might have it in its fullness. Well, how do we do that? Not without knowing the word. Not without understanding what, it is. what does Jesus mean by fullness, by abundance. How do I live an abundant life? can't know that if I'm not in the Word of God. And how do I get that? Well, I get it through my own reading, but I get it by sitting at your feet and listening to you teach me what God's taught you. Because every one of you knows some things that God has been teaching you that I could gain from, I could learn from. And we help each other. We teach each other. And as God gives us revelation and understanding and truth, we share it because we love one another. And because we want each other to be all that God wants us to be. See, I, I desire and long for you to have the very best life God wants for you. And to do that, then I need to put in your hands those things that God is putting in my hands so that you can know those and use those in your life 
And you need to return that by teaching me and helping me to grow so that together as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can be a people of God who understand the word of God and let that word dictate to us how we live our lives. It affects everything. Everything in our life is touched by this book because it is God's breathed work. It is alive because he continues to breathe it into our hearts, into our minds. He continues to place it there and let it grow in our hearts to take root and bring forth fruit in all that we are. But we have to take it seriously and we have to believe it and teach it with all of our hearts, with everything that we are. I believe in this book. I believe in the God of this book, the one who wrote it and gave it to us. And I believe that he wants me to know him in ways beyond anything that I can ever know him except that I get into the word that he's given me about himself. So we need to understand, we need to get excited about this book. And we need to be excited when we teach about it. Are you going to always agree with everything I say? Well... I'm falling short if you do, but I've never been anywhere where everybody agrees with everything that I've said. I always give them the privilege to be wrong, but that's okay. You know, we, we deal with the thing. We, we don't always. We, you see it, I see it. I've lived one life, you've lived a different life. And sometimes as we look at it, we come to it. But if we have a heart that wants to know the word of the living God, he will bring us to a peaceful understanding of what it means together. It might mean each of us have to change a little. But we change according to the word, not according to opinion. Not according to someone's philosophy, someone's religion. We change according to what God says, based on the word of the living God. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you this morning that you've given us your word. I know it's abused. I know it's, there's people who pick and choose from it what they want to believe and don't want to believe and they make it say what they want it to say instead of what you said it says. I know there have always been those. Satan tried it in the beginning in the garden and was successful with Adam and Eve. He tried it with Jesus and failed. He tried it all through ages of time and most of the time it unfortunately seems to be succeeding in putting in false doctrine and false teaching and false perspective about the word of God. But God, it's your word, and you gave it to us, and you've held it dear, you've protected it, you've preserved it. Though people have tried to destroy it, have done everything they can to, to, to change its meaning, to make it seem like it's not prevalent in everything that's going on. But it doesn't matter, because they can't do anything about the living word of God. They can't outlive it, they can't outpromote it, they can't destroy it, they can't do anything because it's your word. God, I pray that you would help us to understand the power of that word. And let it teach us individually and collectively those things that you want us to know so that we can be the body of redeemed people that can have an impact in our community so that we can make a difference in, in the lives of other people as we share with them those things that are important in life and those things that can make a difference in the struggles that they're dealing with and, and those things that they're questioning about, that we can bring them to a place where the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to teach them his truth through his word. So, Father, I pray that you would help us to have a commitment in our own hearts to study your word more. And when we have the privilege to share it, whether it's through a Bible study, through a teaching class, whether it's through just talking with someone one-on-one -on -one or whatever it may be, that we will do so in such a manner 
that people believe and understand that whether they agree with us, whether they accept us, it doesn't matter. They have no doubt whatsoever that we believe what we're teaching and what we're saying. Let it be alive in us, for it's a living book. Father, let it be the kind of influence on us that can influence others. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.